everybody. Welcome to The Crankcase, the automotive show where I present my pointed opinion and invite you, the listener, to change my mind and engage me online on our Instagram at The Crankcase. I'm Carrillo, an opinionated gearhead. I've got things to say. The Global Engine World's Best Competition continues. Today, we are talking about home. We're talking about America, baby. USA, best country on earth. So join us right after the break. We're going to dive right into this. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. So we're talking about the best engines in the world, specifically the country that they're coming from. Previously, I had discussed Europe, mainly Germany though. Today, we're discussing America. I so wish I could insert the Team America track right now, but you know, copyright and all that. So people all over the world have their two cents on what the best engines in the world are. Uh, They're going to be coming from varied places from all over the world with different viewpoints, with different configurations too. The Germans brought some serious heat last time, offering masterpieces from Ferrari, a V8, BMW, a V12, in a British car, a McLaren, and of course, Porsche, bringing it with a flat six. Murica's definitely been a leader in shaping the automotive world. From inline engines to V8s and big V8s, America is truly a world leader. The other country that we'll be discussing next is Japan. However, I'm not going to be talking about Japan at all in this episode, so don't even worry about that. If you have your Japan hat on, put on your America hat because this is really what we're talking about. Overall, the United States has been an automotive powerhouse dating back to the early 20th century. I mean, like, we sure may not have invented the car, but we sure as hell made sure that the world knew how cool a car could be. The United States brought forth assembly line manufacturing with Ford and ultimately changed not just the automotive world, but the entire world economically in the process. America currently does or has championed cars from virtually every single category one can even conceive in regards to cars. It's awesome. Think about everyday man's Fords. Think about not-so-everyday man's cars with Cadillacs and Lincolns, especially in their heydays. Now think about really weird defunct brands like Saturns, right? America is home to muscle cars, tiny combustible hatchbacks, and land yachts with 500 cubic inch engines. It's awesome. It's to me, the automotive world gone wild is is really what America is, and that's what I love. Now, there's definitely uh, some things that uh, I feel like, you know, cues that we can take from other car manufacturers around the world. Uh, uh, Generally speaking, when it comes to uh, car manufacturing and engine manufacturing, but ultimately, the United States really is at the forefront, even to this day. You know, usually when you're talking to automotive enthusiasts uh, all over the world, when you do mention the United States in cars, typically it's a V8 it's the first thing to come to mind or some type of car that has a V8 in it. Look, I can't blame people. Considering some American car manufacturers in some capacity have been creating V8s for over 80 years, you have to create that intrinsic link between the United States and horsepower. The two are just one, and it's so sweet. The United States has always taken its own approach to automotive, well, everything. Larger vehicles, larger engines, lower costs, greater accessibilities, massive profits. The hyper-productive American mind has meddled in all things automotive, generating some very, very cool cars in the process, in my opinion. Today, I'd like to share you my top three picks. So this is definitely a list that I doubt most folks are going to agree with in totality. That's fine. I really don't care. Allow me to break down the reasons why, though, I've picked these engines. Seriously. It's pretty simple. Number one's ubiquity, in some capacity. Some engines I mentioned might be pretty common engines, but they have 
ultra high horsepower derivatives of that engine proving versatility as well. Trust me, with my number two pick, you're gonna, you're gonna see what I mean by that. Number two, just general power and torque. Are they making good power and torque? Is it something that provide, you know, good value to the buyer? Number three, enthusiast following. Does the aftermarket love it? Safe to say, if it's on this list, the aftermarket definitely loves the engine in some capacity. So here's the big question. Who are the three manufacturers that are going to be represented? Well, you know, yes, it's Ford, GM, and Jeep, or specifically Ford, GM, and Chrysler, if you want to go with just the actual parent companies. However, it's specifically engines from Ford, GM, and Jeep that I'm going to be going over. One thing you're going to find about this list is that it's actually pretty diverse. Normally, I'm not the type of guy that really prioritizes diversity of any kind in any given environment. I tend to care more about competency than anything else. In the event that you do happen to get both, though, that's freaking awesome. And that's exactly what this list is. Number one, not meaning the best, just the number one on the list that I'm deciding to actually talk about, is the Jeep, specifically the AMC 4-liter inline six. Why did I even mention AMC? Well, if you're a fan of the legendary 4-liter inline six, you would need to know that that company was actually the one who was responsible for manufacturing the engine. AMC is the father of the 4-liter straight six that we see in so many Jeep vehicles. It wasn't until 1987 that Chrysler bought the AMC Corporation and thus now owned the rights to manufacture that 4-liter engine. And they kept it. It's such a good design that they basically said, hey, let's just keep making it better and better. And they basically did. The cool thing about it is that besides being 4 liters, it offers two overhead valves per cylinder, flat face followers, hydraulic lifters, and a cast iron block and head. The thing is super stout, okay? Of all three engines, it does have some of the smallest numbers. However, 190 horsepower with 235 pound-feet of torque is pretty cool. Very torquey engine, super punchy off the line, great in the dirt. It's it's a really, really cool engine. Why is it special overall, though? Well, aside from being an engine that actually came from a defunct brand AMC, besides the torque that I had mentioned, it also has great longevity. 300,000 miles is really common with these engines. Another thing to consider is that they're just easy to work on. The tuna world loves Jeeps, guys. I know that a lot of it is in suspension and wheel and all the other drivetrain components, but you have to be able to power those things, and that's exactly why a lot of folks love those 4-liter inline-6s. That inline-6 configuration really does help with just working on it. It's a great engine that exemplifies ubiquity. It's 235 pound-feet of torque, like I said, made it great in the dirt or on the road. It was manufactured for over 30 years. Really impressive. Fun fact, I've owned one of these myself. I can attest to its brilliance. I always said, though, that it was begging for a massive turbocharger. The Jeep isn't the most impressive sounding engine in stock form, so I'm going to be honest, I'm just going to not bore you with the sound that it makes. I never really thought that it made a great sound. It was all how it made you feel, and that was what I liked, which was basically threw me back in my seat a little bit. The next is from Ford. Uh, we're going to be talking about the 3.5 liter EcoBoost V6. I fucking love this engine. Of all three, I don't know if it's my favorite, but look, if it's not number one, it's definitely going to be number two. It's a great engine because it basically meets the three criteria that I set for this entire list, first of all. It's three and a half liters, features four valves per cylinder. It's got a crazy horsepower and pound-feet of torque range, depending on what type of configuration and, and really what vehicle you bought uh, as far as availability goes. 320 to 647 horsepower or 350 to 550 pound-feet of torque. I mean, 
take your pick, man. I mean, it just depends on what you're buying, right? That's what's so cool. Talking about Ubiquity, the thing was found in like 13 different Ford models over the last 11 years, okay? For you turbo nerds out there, uh, you boost creeps, the thing that I really like about it is that it features twin parallel mounted BorgWarner KO3 turbochargers for trucks and Garrett GT15s for other applications. So if you're into the tuner scene, those are names that really stick out. It's definitely quality. It speaks to what Ford was really trying to go with when they were building and, and essentially engineering these vehicles. So aside from the things that I mentioned, why is it so special? Number one, it can be found in supercars. I'm talking about the Ford GT. Number two, it can be found in your mom's Expedition or Ford Flex. Number three, it can last up to 200,000 miles if maintained properly. That speaks to something really awesome about that engine. A really cool thing about the 3.5 liter configuration is that with the twin turbochargers, it actually outputs the same power and torque as Ford's six liter naturally aspirated V8 option at the time, back you know before 2009. Ultimately though, it output less emissions and it used less fuel. That's really a leap forward in my opinion. Did I mention that I'm a fan of this engine? All right, let's go ahead and listen to one of these in a Ford Raptor. That's pretty sweet. I get it, the turbos kind of quiet it down a bit, but if you actually listen to one with an exhaust, you'll see how cool this engine can sound. Let's go ahead and listen. Pretty sweet, right? So let's go on to the final one, the General Motors LS small block V8. It's got a size uh, displacement ranging from 5.3 to 7 liters. It has horsepower ranges from 270 horsepower all the way to 638 horsepower, 315 pound-feet of torque all the way to 604 pound-feet of torque, not counting the LT engines though, even though they're related. Too many bore and stroke configurations to go through, folks. I'm not going to even bother with that. Crazy thing is, is that it's still a push rod design. That alone makes it special. The thing that's really cool about the Chevy LS engine is that it's ultimately a culmination of 100 years of refinement. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Some people hate the fact that push rod engines exist like this. I actually used to be one of these people. I actually now think it's amazing. I really warmed up to the, uh, the simplicity of it. As I was saying, they're so simple, they provide great torque, and they provide way less engineering headaches to make some super simple power. No, they're not sophisticated. They don't require tons of money, though, to make more power, and that's awesome. The aftermarket absolutely loves LS engines because of the above-mentioned fact. They can sell tons of parts and make tons of people happy for very few dollars. It doesn't matter if you're a muscle car guy, a tuner dude looking for an engine swap. Look no further than the ubiquity Chevy LS, basically. They can be found in so many fucking vehicles all over the world. It's gnarly. Trucks, sedans, vets utes down under, fucking speedboats, and even a Mazda RX-7 near you. You can find a Chevy LS everywhere. It's pretty cool. These things are out and about roads globally, making so many people so happy when they hammer on that gas pedal. The Chevy LS, again, really is special. It absolutely meets the criteria that I've set down for this list and will continue doing so as long as GM deems all of us worthy of it and its current derivatives existence. Seriously. 
Here's one that sounds like in a C6 Corvette Z06, so I'm pretty sure that's an LS7. Go ahead and give it a listen. It's amazing. One of the really cool things about a Chevy LS is once you get to know the sound of one, you always know one when you hear one. It's really distinct. I remember watching a documentary about the 24 Hours of Le Mans, and one of the race commentators was mentioning that you can have your head down, not even looking at the track, but when a Corvette comes roaring past you, you know that's a Corvette. And that's awesome. I, I love that. That's, that's something so distinct that only car guys really will understand and it makes it a little bit more special because that's something that comes distinctly from the United States. So look, in the end, if horsepower is what you're after, you really need to look no further than the Ford 3.5 EcoBoost or the Chevy LS, one of the two. Horsepower-wise, the Jeep is cool, but its claim to fame is really more its longevity, its overall ubiquity, like more practical, right? With more of like a workhorse appeal. Why don't you join us after the break? We're going to be going into the conclusions and wrap this episode up, but we're also going to be going over some honorable mentions too, because this was a hard list to put together. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media, at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. Alright folks, so what is it? Am I full of shit? Is this list ridiculous to you? Maybe you kinda sorta agree. Maybe I'm right. Each one is unique. That's why I present these specific three. I admit, I had a few honorable mentions as well. So the first honorable mention goes to Ford's 5.2 Voodoo V8, which is found in the Shelby GT350R. It's amazing. So you get the 5.2 liter layout, but with a flat plane crankshaft, it creates such an awesome sound. It was really hard keeping it from the top three lists, but you know, I can't just keep it to horsepower and fanboy appeal. I need to be able to kind of throw some versatility into that and some ubiquity. That's one of the reasons why I had something like the Jeep straight six in there. Let's go ahead and give the GT350R a listen. I need you to hear this because it sounds amazing. Look, that's an amazing sound. I mean, that's... Who, who the hell needs a sound system when you have that under your hood? The next runner-up is the Dodge Demon 6.2 liter V8. That's a Hemi, baby. What is it, like over 700 horsepower? It's absurd. Uh, supercharged, it's got a great whine to it. Let's go ahead and give that monster a listen. Great grunt. Uh, overall, just a fantastic engine. Puts out a ton of fucking horsepower. I'll never say way too much horsepower, but if you're not qualified to handle a lot of horsepower, you might want to, you know, kind of like get some 
some some lessons or something, man. Learn how to drive a high-performance vehicle because this thing is not for amateurs. And when you go on Instagram and other social media networks and you see people just blasting these things around town, you're just like, dude, no way. You should not be driving this fucking car. It is way too much for you. But you know what? I'm just glad they're being made. So like I said, there was a lot of engines that I went through. Um, took a lot of time, um, you know, kind of going back and forth, talking to some friends. This is what I came up with. I think it's balanced. It's maybe not my favorite, but it's one that I can say I think uh, ultimately does speak to a lot of fine points of what the United States brings to automotive engine engineering. So in conclusion, that is what Carrillo has to say about what Murica brings to the table with engines. Head on over to Instagram, give me your two cents. At the Crane Cases, the Instagram page, head on over there, smash that follow button. While you're on Instagram, head on over to Adswerk Media. That's Z-W-E-R-C Media. Smash that follow button again, cause I said so. I'm Carrillo, this is the Crane Case. I'm signing out to the next episode. Thanks for listening.